Welcome to the Anchored Podcast with Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I am so excited that you've tuned in, and it is my prayer that these messages will always help you to remain anchored, regardless of what storm or what season you're navigating. I pray that God would speak to your heart today and that you will never, ever, ever be the same again. Stay connected to Fellowship Chicago. This is Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I pray you stay anchored. Peace, peace. In my hands. Let me move on into this word. Listen, God has given me something that's a little different today. I'm trying to shift over into the message, but my soul is happy. And I don't want to, um, I don't want to hold you long, but I do want your attention today because God has given me a different kind of message. Normally, I just go to one text and, uh, and I leave you alone with that text and I try to exegete that text. But today, God has given me multiple texts. And so we're going to do some Bible flipping today. Don't worry. All the scriptures will be on the screen. But I need you to do me a favor. You have to take notes today. I need you to get your phone, your legal pad. You have to take notes today. It's one of those sermons where you don't know what I may say that may be for you that I didn't even intend to be for you, but you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. So please take notes. Grab your Android, your iPhones, whatever you have, iPads. Grab it. Grab a sheet of paper. And I want you to take some notes today. Today, the sermon title is You've Got to Do Something. Say that to your neighbor. You've got to do something. That's the wrong neighbor because they didn't say now word to you. Look back at the other neighbor and say, you've got to do something. And here's the thesis of the message in one sentence. You have not been saved just to be soothed. You have been saved to serve. You have not been saved just to be soothed. You've been saved to serve. At this church, Fellowship Chicago, I think Mama Lou, I've been reflecting on the 72-year history. And as I think from the stories I've been told and from the knowledge I've attained, this church was founded on members committed to serving God. When you think of Fellowship Chicago, Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, Reverend Evans did not allow people to be a part of this church and not do something. You could not call yourself a member of fellowship and not do something. You better go get up in the choir stand with Mama Lou. You better get on the media ministry. You had to join a club. You had to do something. Come on, where my Evans crew? Where, 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 where the Reverend Evans that were around when Reverend Evans was the pastor? He pastored this church for 50 years. And he instilled in the very fabric and the pillars of this church that you have to do something. And then Reverend Jenkins, Pastor Charles Jenkins, came along for 20 plus years of leadership and he instilled a quote in this church that if I start the quote, you can finish the quote. If you were here doing Pastor Jenkins' era, if you joined under his leadership, let me see your hands. All my Jenkinites, all the folks that came when Pastor Jenkins was the pastor. Look at that. What did he used to say all the time? Teamwork. He instilled it into the culture of this church. Am I telling the truth? Which means... I'm not going to do everything. Y'all going to have to help me do this. Which is why right now we have the coolest pastor emeritus living on earth. Braids in his hair and dresses cooler than everybody younger than him. And hair still black after 20 years of pastoring black people. Still just as swagged out as he could be. Maybe it's because he really believed teamwork. Makes a dream where all the weight wasn't on him. He taught that to the deacons, taught that to the leaders, taught that to the staff. And so it became a part of the culture that if you are part of this church, I need you, you need me, we need each other. Reverend Evans instilled it, Pastor Jenkins instilled it. And then here come the next pastor of the church, Reverend Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. All the way from Decatur where it's greater, Lithonia where they own you. And I kept saying when I first got here, I kept saying when I first got here, what? We're in this thing together. Same message, three different pastors. We're together, teamwork, and you've got to do something because if you've been saved by Jesus, you are not saved just to sit and be soothed. You are saved to serve. And that's what's wrong with the 21st century church. We have a lot of people who love to jump to a church because of what the church gives them, but they don't give the church anything. 
and then will leave the church if the church doesn't meet their entertainment qual uh, qualifications. Well, I don't like the music where the preacher this way, and I don't like that they dress like that over there. Nobody is here to please you. You're here for a purpose. For five or six weeks, I taught five or six weeks. I taught a book called "I Am a Church Member" during refuel. I know some of you didn't watch it because it's 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. You're busy now. But I was teaching about I am a church member, meaning that this church does not exist to please you. This ain't Burger King. You can't have it your way all the time. This church is a community of faith coming together to hear the word of God and be a blessing, not just get blessings. The church exists for the community outside of it. And if all we do is just do what we want to do in here and please you and you come in and sit down every Sunday and clap your hands and dry your tears and do all that, you, you're missing a lot of what God has for you. At this church, let me talk to you about the legacy. Deacon Linda Denard is my executive assistant. Deacon Linda Denard right now has not been in church uh, for three months because she's healing from a major surgery and treatment she had to have for multiple melanoma. It's a rare cancer. That impacts your bones. But a lot of us didn't know Deacon Linda Denard, my assistant, even had cancer. Because when she's had, since she's had this cancer for years and years and years, she still shows up. She still smiles. She still works. And let me tell y'all an even deeper secret. While she's been away, she's still been at home on that laptop trying to make sure I'm all right. Because at Fellowship, there's a legacy of service around here. Let me tell you about Miss Vanessa Wilson. She has helped hold this choir ministry together since Elder Vassar, who received a new kidney back in July. He's been healing. And Miss Vanessa Wilson is behind the scenes. That's why some of y'all can't clap because you don't even know what she looked like. She's behind the scenes. But if Miss Vanessa Wilson had not been doing what she's doing to help take the weight off of Elder Vassar, this music ministry would not be together. But somebody's behind the scenes. Serving, holding things together. And here's the catch. Miss Vanessa Wilson's mother is very sick. She's the primary caregiver right now. And even as she's taking care of her mother, she's still committed to taking care of her church. Let me tell you somebody else. Miss Denise, Mama Daniel's daughter, we call her Nisi. Nisi, are you here today? I don't know where she is. Nisi. Look at her sitting over there on the side with her positive air shirt on. We love you, Miss Nisi. I will never forget what you did at your mother's funeral as long as I live. Mama Daniels, God rest her soul. We missed her as soon as she left here. Mama Daniels passed. A couple weeks ago, we had our funeral. Now, Miss Nisi, nickname, her real name, Denise, nickname, you know, black folk love a nickname. Nisi always serves at funerals as the nurse to help make sure families are okay. She wipes the microphone. She has a white nurse uniform on, and she's ready to serve at every funeral. But on the day of her mother's funeral, I'm looking around for Nisi as we're about to walk in. I don't see her. I said, well, maybe she lay. Maybe I don't know what's going on. Maybe she don't want to come. I get it. I get to the casket, look at Mama Daniels. I look up, standing at the head of her mother. She's standing in the same spot for her mother that she stood for other families. That's the kind of church and the kind of people that you have at Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church. That was ingrained in us that we serve even when we need people to serve us. Let me, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you about Deacon Gilliam over the parking lot ministry. You can't pull up to this church and not see Deacon Gilliam. You may not know his name is Deacon Gilliam, but you know Deacon Gilliam. He's outside rain or shine in that parking lot. A few weeks ago in July, pre-sabbatical, his sister died and I just knew he was going to be home. I knew he was going to be on the way to Ohio where his sister was or, or to be with his family. I pull up to the church thinking about him, just hearing his sister pass. Deacon Gilliam is out in the parking lot serving, walks up to me and said, Pastor, I had to come to church today and do what I always do because I need to be at church. That's the kind of heart. That's the kind of people you have here at Fellowship Chicago. Let me tell you about Pastor Pope. Since Deacon Linda Denard has been out for three months, I have not had an executive assistant proper. She's been away, and I've had a whole lot to do in these three months. 
Well, Pastor Pope said, well, I need to fill in. I'll do what Deacon Linda normally does. He already has stuff to do as executive pastor. It's already hard enough being executive pastor of a church the size of our church. And he, had, he has a whole lot of responsibilities to make sure everything stays together in this church. And he has to deal with me. And he has taken on the job of Deacon Linda for the last three months and we didn't give him a raise to do it. Yesterday, see, look how you half clap. You know, you can tell who's a hater by who don't clap. Yesterday, I'm asking him, I said, we got some guests coming from D.C. We got some guests coming. I want to make sure they're taken care of, make sure they have parking, make sure that they have a seat. And I'm texting them and they hit me. I said, this isn't his job. And I text him, I said, I apologize that you have had to do so much more than your job requires you to do. And do you know what he responded? I want to read to you exactly what he said because I wrote down what he wrote. He said, I wrote down what he said. He said, I'm doing what's needed in this season. That's the kind of executive pastor that you have who just does what's needed when no check is connected. Now, I owe you a whole lot. We'll talk about that later. You, 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 you deserve a sabbatical after this sabbatical. But, but, but that's the kind of heart. So what I'm telling you is when you think about what the kind of member you are at this church or wherever church you're a part of, if every member was a member like you, what kind of church would it be? If everybody tithed like you, what kind of church would we have? If everybody gave an offering like you, what kind of church would we have? And so today God gave me this word, you've got to do something. Say it loud, i got to do something. And let me tell you why. Here's the first thing I want to give you, why I must do something. Why must you do something? Because Romans 12:1 says this. This is the first question I'm answering. Media team, y'all rock with me now. I'm moving fast. Here's why I must do something for the Lord. I've got to do something for the Lord because Romans 12:1 in the New Revised Standard Version reads like this. I appeal to you, therefore... Uh-huh, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, Paul is talking to the church of Rome, and he said, I appeal to you by the mercies of God, watch it, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Paul is literally saying spiritual worship is not just you with your hands lifted crying out to God with the fruit of your lips, the language of your lips and your heart, but your life is your worship. And watch what he says. I want you to underline living sacrifice. He says, present your bodies before God as a what? Living sacrifice. Can I teach before I preach? In the Old Testament, they used to bring dead sacrifices to God. There was a bull. There was a cow. There was a bird. They would bring a dead sacrifice to God, lay it at the altar in the temple, and the blood would serve for an act of atonement or at one meant to make sure that the people and God stayed together. Now, in the New Testament, Paul says God don't need any more dead sacrifices because Jesus has already died. And since he's died and has risen again, now we have to bring present our bodies as a living sacrifice so everything you do for God is a living sacrifice so when you sing it's a living sacrifice when you give it's a living sacrifice when you help people who can't help themselves it's a living sacrifice when you show up and work in a parking lot ministry serve with the youth or the children or join a volunteer ministry around here it's a living sacrifice and the problem is we got too many dead members when we need living sacrifices living sacrifice you're alive for a reason and so since he kept you alive use the life he's kept in you to bless him everything I do is worship when I go to a funeral and hug somebody and say I'm thinking about you I'm praying for you that is an act of worship not just you at the altar with your hands up but your life is an act of worship a living sacrifice Here's why I must do something. Here's another one. Mark 10, verse 45. Watch what Jesus tells James and John. They're arguing over who's going to sit by Jesus when he comes into his glory. And Jesus breaks that thing down. He says, hey, the greatest among you is going to be the servant. Then he continues, for the son of man. That's a nickname for Jesus. Means he was born of a woman. For, the, for Jesus came not to be served. Come on, y'all. But to serve. And to give his life a ransom. That word ransom means a payment for many. 
He paid it all. That's the song we sing. Jesus paid it all. He paid a ransom so we could be set free. Paid a ransom, but here's the point. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the Father in flesh. Jesus, who is sovereignty trapped in skin. Jesus, who is deity and divinity with DNA. Jesus, who is the eternal caught in epidermis. Jesus, who is the divine caught in dermis. Jesus said, I did not come to this world to be ministered to. I came to minister to others. Lean up a little bit. How do you call yourself a follower of Jesus? And you're too big to do little things. If Jesus said, I've come into this world not to be served, but to serve, when's the last time you've served somebody? Dr. King, in his famous sermon, The Drum Major Instinct, that was actually used later on to explain, well, he used it as his own eulogy at his own funeral. They played his words at his own funeral at Ebenezer Baptist Church in 1968. And this was a part of the sermon some people forget. Listen to what Dr. King said about this text, because this was the text he was preaching when he preached this sermon, The Drum Major Instinct. Listen to what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said in 1968. He said, and so Jesus gave us a new norm of greatness. If you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that he who is greatest among you shall be the servant. That's a new definition of greatness. And then Dr. King gets real Baptist. And he says, and this morning, the thing that I like about it, by giving that definition of greatness, it means that everybody can be great because everybody can serve you don't have to have a college degree to serve you don't have to your your subject and verb may not agree to serve you don't have to know Plato and Aristotle to serve you don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve you don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics in physics to serve all you need is a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love and you can be a servant He gave us a new definition of greatness. Everybody in this room can be great because everybody can serve. Uh I knew y'all weren't going to say amen today, so I brought all my amens in my pocket. Amen, 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 amen. I got all my amens. Just keep sitting there. Here's another reason why you've got to do something for the Lord because we are a part of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 through 31. I can't read it all, but I want you to read some of this. We're going to start at verse 14, verse 14, verse 14. Go to verse 14. You can find it. Verse 14 is there. Verse 14 is there. Uh Uh-huh. There it is. Let's read together. One, two, three. I want you to think. Y'all going to read or no? Y'all ready? One, two, three. Let's read together. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. I can't hear y'all read louder. Would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, transparent and expensive and expressive I don't deserve a place on the head would you want to remove it from the body come on read loud if the body was all eye if all ear how as it is we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where Keep going, keep going. But I also want you to think, come on, about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. Keep going. What we have is one body with many parts, each is proper size and is proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine the eye telling the hand, get lost. I don't need you. Or the head telling the foot, you're fired. Your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. Watch it. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore Can I whisper something to you? This is a note for, for my note takers. 
The spirit of celebrity has no place in the church. Amen, 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 amen. The spirit of celebrity has no place in the church. Here's another thing for you to write down. There are no big eyes and little use. And this is why a whole lot of people are sick of the church. Because there are certain people who think they've been there long enough and they have a big enough title that they are more important than others. But all of you in this room, under the sound of my voice, watching on live on the virtual ship, everybody is a part of the body of Christ. And you may be a knee, you may be a thigh, you may be an eye, you may be a finger, you may be a little toe, you may be a big toe, you may be a hand, you may be an arm, but when all of us work together, God's will can be accomplished. Amen, amen, amen. So if you show up to church and you late and somebody's in the seat that you think is yours, guess what you do that Sunday? Find you another seat. I dare one of y'all to tell me somebody moved somebody else in this church after they came to church and sat in a seat and that's your seat. You ain't got no seat. I told you when we got here, every seat in here costs $3,467.13. When you give me the check, I give you the seat. Everybody in here is important and we need everybody. And guess what I really need? I need my millennials. I need my generation Z. When I thought about the history, Reverend Evans was 25 years old when he founded this church. Mama Lou was 20 years old when this church got founded. I'm not trying to move the elders out the way. We need our seasoned saints because they got wisdom and we need our young people because they've got energy and innovation. And when all of us work together, we together are the body of Christ stop just coming to church and leaving I need you you need me we're all a part of God's body stand with me we're all a part of God's body it is his will that every need be supplied. You are him. Tell the person beside you, you are important to me. You are. Now clap your hands for unity in God's church. This ain't about celebrity. It's not about popularity. Get in where you fit in and get to work and do something. Why must I do something? Because Jesus served. I'm a follower. I got to do what he does. Why must I do something? Because my life is a living sacrifice. Can I go back there for a minute? Don't call yourself a Christian and you don't sacrifice something. It's sacrifice. I ain't up here all the time because I feel good. Sometimes I just got to go anyway. I got choir members who actually show up at 8 a.m. That's another day's sermon. I got some that show up at 8 a.m. And they over there half sleep at 8, but they're here because it's a sacrifice. Deacon Gilliam's out there right now serving. It might be raining. He's in the rain. Well, I don't know if I want to be down there in the rain. It's a sacrifice. You don't get to be a Christian and not make some sacrifices. Here's another reason why you must do something for the Lord. Here it is, 1 Samuel 12, verse 24, and I'm going to try to be good and hold myself together. This is what Samuel says to Israel as he's about to die. What does he say? He leaves these parting words with Israel. This is the prophet Samuel who anointed David, who called King Saul. This is Samuel's words as he's about to die. He tells them, only fear the Lord. That means only respect the Lord. Only have reverence for the Lord. And what? Serve him faithfully with all your heart and then here it is after the semicolon this is where my feet get light for consider what great things he's done for you wake up the sleeping neighbor beside you and say God's done great things if the other one sleep wake them up and tell them God's done great things if God's been great to you you gotta be great to God if he woke you up you ought to use the energy he gave you to do something for him 
Has anybody, I, I can't get loud. I, I promised myself I'm going to teach today, but I'm going to try not to get loud. Can anybody testify God has done some great things for you this year? Can I see the folk in the room that can say, Pastor, I can take the sermon from here. I am alive right now because God has done some great things. Paid bills I couldn't pay. Opened doors I didn't ask for. Made ways I didn't know could be made. Took my names in room I didn't even know existed. Gave me favor. Promoted me. Took care of my babies. Gave me a scholarship. Kept my tires rolling when they should have busted. Allowed me to survive cancer. Anybody know God's been great? And since God has been great, what are you doing for him? Ain't nothing worse than a little baby get a meal from their parent through a drive-thru. And the daddy or the mama may reach in the bag and grab some fries out before they pass the bag back. And the child get offended. Have you ever seen that? I mean, no, mama, that's mine, baby. I bought the whole bag. You wouldn't have now fry. I'm sorry, that's Georgia coming out. You wouldn't have air fry if I hadn't bought you the bag. The least you could do is share some of what I bought for you and give it back to the one that bought it for you in the first place. That's what tithing is. That's what giving is. That's what showing up to church serving is. Everything you've got, the bag you've got, God gave it to you. So you're going to be with this, you're going to be stingy with the bag God gave you instead of giving some of it back to him. He's done great things. That's why I have to do something for the Lord. And then secondly, here it is, watch this. How must I do something for the Lord? Because the how is just as important as the what. How I do it matters just as much as if I do it at all. Because here's, here's the problem with some of us, pastor, I'm here, I'm serving, but your spirit's nasty. Pastor, I've been a part of this church for 30 years. I was here under Reverend Evans, but your spirit is disgusting. Nobody can tell you anything. You think you're above critique. Every room you walk in, everybody is more glad when you leave. Choir rehearsal goes better when you're absent. Some meetings feel better when you don't get on Zoom. I told you I wanted to see your face today. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Psalm 100 verse 1 and 2 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Some versions say worship the Lord. There you go. You see worship and serve is simultaneous. It's, it's the same word in certain Bible scriptures. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. That means when you show up, don't have no attitude. Have y'all ever, be for real with me, I need you to be for real, for real, for real, for real with me. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and the waiter at the table had the worst attitude? The food was great, but the service was awful, and it dampened your whole experience. Some of us serve God like those waitresses. You got good food to offer, but nobody wants to eat from you. You got a lot of wisdom, but you don't know how to talk to people. So when you show up to do something, that's why I don't like nothing dead around me. I get irritated when somebody comes half-baked anything. Because when I show up, I give my all. My staff knows it. The music ministry knows I come full energy. And you're going to be around me half-dead, half-showing up, half-committed, only here when it's your time to get the microphone. you got to let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. I want somebody that's glad to be in the service one more. Anybody glad to be here? How you in leadership sitting on the front row sleep through the whole service? You ought to be glad to be here. There's some folk in the balcony would love to come sit down front because they glad to be here. Folks drove from Mississippi, flew from Canada just to be here and you coming in, well, I guess I gone in here. I guess I go. God didn't guess when he woke you up this morning. God didn't guess when that check cleared last Friday. 
So what you guessing about? Anybody glad that God gave you another day? So I'm going to serve with gladness. I'm going to sow with gladness. I'm going to show up with gladness. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. And you can sit there like a sleeping statue in the sanctuary if you want to, but I will rejoice and be glad in it. Some of you are going through seasons where you've lost your happiness and you lost your joy. Can I tell you how to get it back? Do something for somebody. Stop making your life all about you. Find a way to do something for somebody else and watch how quickly those dopamines and those oxytocin hormones will be released in your mind and you'll feel better physically just by helping somebody else. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with the word or song, if I can show somebody that they're traveling wrong, then my living, holler at your boy, will not be in vain. That's how you do it for the Lord. Don't just do it to do it and say it's done. Do it with a spirit of excellence. Do it with a spirit of joy. Here's another one, Colossians 3.23. Whatever your task, put yourselves into it as done for the Lord and not for the master or the leader or the person who asked you to do it. Whatever you do. Do you see that? Do you see that word, whatever? Can I tell you what it means in the Greek? Whatever. Can I tell you what it means in Hebrew? Whatever. Can I tell you what whatever means in Latin? Whatever. Can I tell you what it means in the hood? Whatever. Whatever God asks you to do, put your whole self in it and don't do it to be seen quiet. Don't do it for an applause. Don't do it so people can like you. Do it as if you're doing it for a one person audience and that is for God. I ain't just talking about a church now. I'm talking about how you work at your job. I'm talking about how you work in your school. Before you start working on that homework and those papers that we got to write this semester, ask God to be with you and bless you and say, God, I'm getting this degree for your glory. And since I'm doing it for you, help me finish. Put your whole self into it. That's why I appreciate Elder Christopher Irvin this morning. That man of God got up here leading this service. I was in the back trying to get myself together. I said, hold up, wait a minute, let me put a praise in it. Came up here with his full self, articulate, spirit filled. I like people that come to church and they didn't wait to get to church to start having church. See, when you've been worshiping at your house, it'll show up when you get up in here. When you've been praying by yourself, it'll show up when you get up in here. When you ask God to anoint you at the crib, it'll show up in every area of your life. Put your whole self into it. Elder Monica, while we were on sabbatical, Elder Monica went viral. She was up here dancing. She called me and said, I apologize, Pastor, I'm not refined enough. I said, I ain't put you up there to be refined when the Holy Ghost comes in. Put your whole self into it. I didn't, I'm, I'm, I'm too loud. Let me come down. Tell somebody, give God your best. No, you didn't say it. Say it through that mask so they can hear you. Tell them, give God your best. If he gave you his best, you owe him your best. Give your best. Sing your best. Serve your best. You got you got you you got professional church hoppers too. No no sense of commitment, no sense of stick to itness, just church hoppers. And if you don't give God your best, you come to me tomorrow. I think my season up, Pastor. I, I think my season is up. I don't think I'm being fed anymore. My thing is, at least be a person worth missing. Somebody, I ain't being fed. I'm saying, I ain't being fed by you either. I guess we all starving around here. Bye. Put your all into it or don't do 
it at all. Amen, 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 amen. His last one, 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 his last one. What happens when I do something for the Lord? I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm done. I'm gonna let you go. What happens when I do something for the Lord? We got ribs to eat, cookouts to go to. I know y'all ready for summertime shy. It's wrapping up. Y'all feel that wind out there? It's shifting in the atmosphere. We got a few more hot days to enjoy. Let me get y'all out of here. Here it is, Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Watch this. What happens when I do something for the Lord? Verse 7. Do not be deceived. <laughs> God is not mocked. Meaning God is not, God ain't lost God's mind. Uh-huh. God, God ain't crazy. For you reap whatever you sow. And unfortunately, Deacon Lois in the church, people use this text as a violent text to threaten people for doing something wrong. But in its original biblical context, it's really a reminder that whatever you do for God with the right spirit, God will let you reap. If you sow right, you'll reap right if you sow right. Here it is, here it is, verse 8. It gets even better. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the spirit, meaning if you do it from a heart from God, you will reap eternal life from the spirit. And then verse 9 shouts me. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right. For, here's the King James Version, for in due season. Where my church? Where my church? Where my church? Where my church? For in due season, you will reap if you faint not. I told the deacons when we met back in June, I said there are three kinds of due season. I got this from Bishop Dale Bronner. Bishop Dale Bronner says there's due season. My note takers write it down. Due season. There's D-O season. That's the season where you got to do something. And when God sees you doing something, then he'll give you D-E-W season. He'll put some do on your do. But if God keeps seeing you do something, he'll put some do on your do. And then eventually, you'll be do. D-U-E. But God can't take you to your do season until you go in your do something season so we can put some do on your do because eventually we'll all be do. Somebody ought to thank God for what's coming in the future. All the sacrifices you made, all the tears you've cried, all the offerings you sold when you barely had anything, God told me to tell you, get ready for your reaping season. I'm ready to stop preaching. If y'all act like you're awake, I'll wrap this thing up. I said, get ready for God to bring you to your due season. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. You're going to reap if you keep sowing. And then here's the last thing, John 12, 26. If any of you wants to serve me, Jesus says, follow me. And then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. The Father, God, will honor and reward anyone who serves me. These are Jesus' words. The Father, God, will honor anyone and reward anyone who serves me. Still sleep. God will honor and reward anyone who serves me. They sleep in the balcony. God is going to honor and reward anyone who serves Jesus. I think they sleep on this side. Y'all better holler at me. God is going to honor and reward who? Anyone who serves me. Two stories and we out. Do you know how I got my first preaching engagement for a revival? Let me tell you the story real quick. It was a gospel talent show contest at my church. Greater Travelers Rest Baptist Church, a.k.a. the House of Hope Atlanta. We were still at that time on 2600 H.F. Shepherd Drive, uh -huh, Decatur, Georgia, 30034. I told y'all I'm from Decatur, where it's greater, and Lathonia, where they own you. I was there in church. Y'all listening? That summer, I was a summer intern, like Elijah and Damari, working about the church. Whatever y'all need to do, I'll do it. They said, your position, before people come to the stage of the pulpit, you stand at the door. They put a chair down for me. All I did was sit in that chair 
And when they called for the next contestant, all I had to do was open the door and tell the next person to go in, shut the door, sit back down, and wait for somebody on the other side of the door to knock so I knew to open the door again because they were ready for the next contestant for four hours, four or five hours. All I did was sit down and open the door. Four or five hours. Now, some of y'all would have never done it. That's all y'all want me to do. I thought I was going to get to read a scripture or say something or do something. Can I sing a solo? I, I thought I, no, just sit down. And then what makes me irritated is when people can't follow instructions. You know, I, I, I didn't ask you to color the door. I just asked you to open the door. I'm sitting there while I'm serving, opening the door, shut the door, open the door, shut the door. A lady is on to be the next contestant in this gospel talent show. And she starts talking to me and I'm talking to her. She said, I love your spirit, young man. Are you a preacher? I said, well, not, not yet. I, I'm wrestling with it. I was like 15, 16 years old. I said, I'm wrestling, but I, don't, I, don't, I ain't preached anywhere yet. I haven't preached. She said, baby, I feel something on you. She said, I'm the youth pastor of my church down in Dublin, Georgia. And we do a huge youth explosion every October. This was June or July. Every October, we do a huge youth explosion. And I'm feeling the spirit leading me to invite you to preach. I said, but I've never preached anywhere. She said, I don't care. Your spirit says. That lady ended up getting my number, invited me to that youth explosion. The room was packed. It was my first revival. Can I tell you how I got it? I opened the door for her. She ended up opening the door for me. That's how my ministry got started. By just opening the door. You don't know who God's going to use to open a door for you. Are you setting up your life to hold the door for somebody else? Second story. During the sabbatical, Deacon Linda's away. I don't want to bother Pope, so I buy my own ticket somewhere. I got flight anxiety. I told y'all that a few months ago. And, uh, and I buy my ticket thinking I'm grown. And I just went on online, bought the ticket. I forgot. You got to select your seat. Or they will select it for you. Reginald Sharp does not sit anywhere behind the wing of a plane. It's not that I'm bad and bougie. It's that I'm scared. <laughs> and I don't like turbulence. And so they told me, science has proven it. If you sit on the wing or you sit in the front, the turbulence is lighter. You sit in the back of that plane, it's lighter. Every bump in the air, you're going to feel it. I'm on row 32C. In a middle seat, I told Bree, I think I messed up. Uh, I, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't looking at the details. I'm in 32C. She said, well, just change it. You can go on and change it. They wouldn't let me change it. Every time I try to change it, they said, see us at the kiosk. I said, Bree, I got to go get on this plane by faith. She said, well, you're going to be all right. Get you something to drink. No, she ain't say that. I'm just kidding. Uh, She didn't say that. So. So I go to the airport, y'all. And I'm minding my business. And I'm like, Lord, please don't put me in no 32C. Y'all, I walk up to the thing. I'm praying for somebody with a good spirit. Because you already know. If it's the wrong day for somebody behind that desk, I'm going to be in 42C. <laughs> By the time they finish, I walk up to the kiosk. I said, ma'am, I think I've made a mistake. Before I could finish explaining, she said, what's your name? Reginald Sharp. She said, oh, printed out a new ticket. She said, sir, you've been upgraded. I said, I've been upgraded. She said, yeah, you got status with us. With Delta, if you keep flying with them, you get status. Because of the miles you've already had, flying with them they've got your status in the system and sometimes they'll upgrade you without asking for it God sent me back from sabbatical to make a declaration some of y'all been with God long enough some of you been serving well enough some of you been sacrificing fully enough that God knows you got status with him and God is willing to hook you up with some upgrades in spite of what you book for yourself somebody ought to open your mouth on a Sunday and thank God for your service status
And there's an old song that says, if when you give the best of your service, telling the world the Savior's come, be not dismayed when men and women don't believe you, God will understand and say well done. And that's all I'm working for in this life. I want to hear God say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've got to do something. And if you're committed to doing it, give God some praise right there. Keep your seats for just a second. We're in church anniversary. Don't leave unless you have to. I know, I know. You're just itching to leave. Mimosas will wait. Bellinis will wait. French toast can wait. Just hold yourself for a second. God led me not just to open the doors of the church for salvation today, but somebody needs to rededicate your life back to the service of the Lord. You've been a member of this church, here under Evans, here under Jenkins, here under me, whatever. The pandemic took you away, and we all got conveniently lazy. All we had to do is tune on and watch the virtual ship, shut it off, keep moving. We were doing everything halfway watching the virtual ship. It became convenient, but that's not the Christian life to be a part of this life and get the full benefits of the community God wants to give you, you've got to become sacrificial. You've got to be willing to be a part of this thing. You've got to do something. And so what's about to happen is, watch this, I have some ministry leaders who are coming. Some are coming down front with a clipboard and a name. Come on, they're coming. They're coming. Come on. We're going, we got two people in the balcony. Got two people in the balcony. Wave your hand in the balcony. Wave your hand in the balcony. We got some coming down here. We have some standing in the back. We got some standing in the back. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Y'all come spread out a little bit. Spread out all across the front. I need two in the back. Where's my person in the back? One person in the back. Come on, step up. Somebody over here with a clipboard. I need one in the back. One in the back. One in the back. Got it? All right, thank you, Miss Mary. This is what we're going to do. There's a list of ministries where we need you right now. I think it's coming up on the screen. There's a list of ministries coming up on the screen. Sanctuary Choir, that's the choir that's singing right now. Voices of Genesis, that's our young adult choir. They haven't sung since March because that's the 18 through 45-year-olds. And a lot of them, some have moved and some just haven't come back. Some of them I see all over. Cabo, Nobo, Elbow. I see them everywhere else. They ain't been to church yet. But I'm just waiting. You everywhere else? You everywhere else. Why can't you come back to church? And do something for the Lord. First Touch Ministry, that's the ministry that welcomes our new members, stays connected with them to get them assimilated into ministry. Good Life, that's our young adult millennial ministry. Parking lot ministry, it is a shame that Deacon Gilliam, who is probably, there he is right there, wave at us Deacon Gilliam. I preached about you earlier, give him a hand. Deacon Gilliam is 39 years old. He is too old to be out there by himself. In that parking lot. 39-year-olds ain't supposed to be out there by themselves. If you were 25, I'd let it go. I love you, man. Parking lot ministry. We need you. Medical ministry. They make sure people are safe in the sanctuary. Media ministry. Security. Ain't nobody coming up here robbing us. I saw that video while I was on sabbatical. I said, I wish they'd come to fellowship. You better not walk up in here thinking nothing. What that song say? Five in, nine in my right, 45 in my other hand. Call me trouble man, always in trouble man. Worth a couple hundred grand, chef is all colors man. You have a balanced pastor. <laughs> Vibe ministry is our volunteer ministry. Children and youth ministry, you have to be cleared through a background check to work with the children's ministry, but we need you, you. Freely give. They're always working and serving, passing out clothes and food to the family and the community of Fuller Park and around Chicago. Community table every Thursday. We serve the less fortunate in this church every Thursday. Every Thursday at 11 o'clock, I believe, we're serving. So if you want to sign up, go in the back to the clipboard, come down front, pick something to do. Go right now. Move right now. Do something. Do something. Do something. If you're not doing something, come sign up right now. Come sign up right now. Tell them what ministry it is. You can sign up at any person. 
pick whichever ministry. Next Sunday, we're having a ministry expo in Fuller Park. Don't leave. I want you to only move if you're signing up for something. If you're not active in doing something, come sign up for something. You can sign up at any clipboard and tell them which ministry on this screen. And you can get your phone and do the QR code and sign up from your seat or sign up online. Get your phone out like you're going to take a picture. Don't take a picture. Wait for that hyperlink, hyperlink to come up. Click that link. You can sign up right there from your seat. I need to see more people moving. I see young folk. We got a youth choir, young adult choir. Come on, we need you. I need more folk in the choir. Come on, we need you. Why y'all still sitting there? You got to do something. 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 You have to do something. I'm waiting on some more people to move. Waiting on some more people to move. Come on, come on, come on. And if there's another ministry that you like, I don't even know what I want to do. I just want to do something. Come on, let's go. Y'all see, y'all see how people don't move when it's time to serve. I'm serious. Some of you may already be a part of a ministry and you need to do more. You need, somebody told me at 8 o'clock, I need to shift. I was working with the children. My season is up there. I need to do something else. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on about 20 more people to get up from their seat and do something. This is a right now message. Thank you for those getting up. This is a right now call to action message. I need you. I need you. I need you. And I pray if you're a member and you're still sitting still, it's because you're already a part of something. And I pray, I really do. If you are, praise God. Let's thank God for the folk already committed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We need you, we need you, we need you. Security ministry, if you want to join, sign up. Say, I want to be a part of the security ministry. If you've never held a gun before, wrong ministry. Let the church say amen. amen. My will I give to you. Help me say it. Use me, Lord, to show someone the way. And enable me to say. What are we saying today on the first Sunday of September? My story and I am Thank you. Come on, you can move. You can move. Don't be shy. Come on, sign up. Say, Lord, I'm available. got to do something for the Lord. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say do. Use me Lord. Use me Lord to show someone the way and enable me to say Come on, this time let the whole church say, Lord, I'm available to you. It's a prayer. Whether God uses you in the church or out of the church, say, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you for your word. My will. I pray that you honor every sacrifice. That you reward us for the work we're trying to do. You mean. Enable me to say My storage is empty Oh Storage is empty And I Play it one time for me Willie Play it one time for me Willie Come on Thank you, thank you for those who've come Yes, sir.
Help me thank God for those who've come and signed up today. Come on. Rededicated their lives to the service of God through the church. We thank God for you. Thank you to my millennials. Thank you to my generation Z. Thank you for my young generation. That's what this church was built on. Young people being committed to the Lord. And we're going to continue that legacy. Thank you, band. Thank you, band. Thank you, band. Deacons, would you come now? Deacons, would you come now? Somebody needs to say yes to Jesus today. Somebody needs a church home. Somebody needs to connect to a church where you can go and grow. Somebody needs Christ as the Lord, the Savior of your life. If that's you, come on down here and shake my hand today. Come on down and shake my hand today. Come on, come on, come on. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Stay right here. Is there anybody else? Come on, come on. Don't be shy. Come on. Come on, man of God. Come on, look at these brothers coming. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand right there with them. God bless you. Come on, I'm waiting on you. If you need to say yes to Jesus, if you need a church home, come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't be shy. Don't worry about anybody in here. We're all jacked up, saved by grace. If you need Christ and you want to tell him yesterday, come on, come on, come on, come on. God bless you. Did you move from Canada? You moved. Canada is in the house, y'all. Come on. God bless you. Stand right there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. You've been long to show someone the way. And enable me to say. Come on, y'all. We got some young people coming. I love this. My story is empty. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. What's up, man? Come on. I love this. I love this. I'm waiting on you. Some more of you that need to say, Lord, I give you my life. I give, if you're in the balcony, come on and walk down. I'm waiting on you, Lord. Everybody's singing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added. They'll be added. They'll be added. They'll be added. I'll do what you say do. Use me, Lord, to show someone the way and enable me to save. Come on, say, my storage is empty. I'm waiting on you. Does anybody else need to walk out? Come on. Y'all sound good. My storage is empty. And I am available. One more time. Make it big. Make it big. sanctuary under the sound of my voice man woman boy girl lift your hands to the Lord and say my storage my storage is empty come on tell God this morning my storage is empty I say yes to your will I say yes to the call on my life I'm going to put you first in everything. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And I Can we thank God for the little ones that joined today? What's your name? Say, tell me your name. L'Oreal? Hey, L'Oreal. Laurie, hey Laurie, my sister, what's your name? Jackson, Jasmine, pray for my ears. 
I was on sabbatical. I can't hear no more. Pray for me. Tell me your name. Angelique. Angelica. Y'all say, what's up, family? Urine. Urine. Not urine. Thank God. All right. Uri. Tell you, I got to pray for my ears. Pray for my, my right ear, my left ear. I thank God your mama didn't name you that. Dante, y'all make some noise, my new family members. Welcome to the family. I'm happy to grow with you. I look forward to seeing how you become active in ministry to help fellowship continue to be the church that has been for 72 years. Our First Touch ministry leaders are here. Would you walk with them? With the parents or the guardians of our little ones, please go with them downstairs. Give them a big God bless you as they go downstairs. Come on, fellowship. Welcome them in. Welcome them in. Welcome them in. My storage is empty. Oh, my storage is empty. And I am. Everybody say Uriah. 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 That was his name. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Listen, were you blessed today by the word? Were you stretched today by the word? Thank you for listening to all of our guests and friends. Wave at us one more time. All of our guests and friends, God bless you. I love you and I pray God's favors upon you. I'm going to the Welcome Center to shake every hand that wants to shake my hand. One more time before we leave, if you have not given today, I want you to give before you leave the sanctuary. Put it back up on the screen, seven ways to give. Go ahead and sow here, sow there, but whatever you do, make sure you sow. Everybody's standing, everybody's standing. Listen, be in prayer for Elder Kevin Vassar. He's doing, a, he's recuperating very well, but we miss him. We're sending our prayers to him. Come on, say this with me, Elder Vassar. We miss you, man. Can't wait to see you soon. Keep him in your prayers. Keep Deacon Linda in your prayers. She'll be back in church. And listen, when you see her, know you're looking at a walking miracle. Through the cancer, God has sustained her. Be in prayer for Miss, where's Miss Annie Benson? Y'all gonna, gonna get it in a minute. Miss Annie Benson, can I, can I share? Has terminal cancer. Miss Annie Benson has terminal cancer. And we are holding her in our prayers. I asked, watch it down. I said, where's Miss Annie? She downstairs making lemonade for the youth's bake sale. See what I'm saying? And you up here with all your mind, all your strength. You see what I'm saying? Miss Bessie Tinsley is another one of our members. Sweet lady right here. I love you, Mama Bessie. I call her Mama Auntie everything. I couldn't figure out what to call her when I met her because she reminded me of my grandma. She reminded me of my aunties. So I call her Mama Auntie everything. She's terminally ill with cancer. And they're in church looking good, serving. She said, I'm going to do all I can while I can. That's what she said. She said, I'm going to do all I can while I can. Mama Bessie, I love you. Keep these people in your prayers. Y'all hear me, fellowship? I know you're ready to leave, but we even need to close this service in prayer. If you're sick among us, and I don't even know your name, just lift your hand. And if you see somebody with their hand lifted, stretch your hand towards them quickly. And ask God to strengthen them. Come on, church. There's power when we pray. Things can turn around and God can send peace. Lord, you know and we thank you for 
every person in this room who may be battling with an illness, but we know that your grace is still sufficient. We know that you can release healing. And even when we can't change the diagnosis, you can change our mindset about it. And you're able to give us the energy to keep on living until you say, well done. So for all of us in this room that need a special touch, you know them name by name, situation by situation. Release your power in the name of Jesus. Release your healing. And we are on the journey with them as they continue to walk with you. And now, God, may our struggles keep us near the cross. May our troubles show that we still need you, oh God. May our battles end the way they should. And may our bad days prove that you're still good. I pray, God, that our whole life keeps on proving that you are good. Let the whole church say amen, amen, and amen. Fist bump somebody and tell them I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Have a good week. My storage is empty. Come on, come on. Say it one more time and let's go home. My storage. Have a great week. I love you. I love you. Hey, I love you. I love you. I love you. Have a great week. Hey family, I pray you've been blessed by this message that God gave me. I hope you stay connected to Fellowship Chicago through YouTube, Facebook, or our website. Go to fellowshipchicago.com today and make sure that you stay updated on all of the great things that are happening on the ship. Until we meet again, may you be blessed by the power, the peace, and the provisions of God. Peace, peace.